check, check, check. Hello. Can we start this? Hello. Hello. Welcome to No Instructions, number 12. I'm Bob. And I'm Josh. Are, are we now two whole hands? Two, we are now <laughs> at two whole hands. This is two whole hands worth of shows. Both of the six-fingered men together. Uh, working on the Voltron set again, but we're on to the Black Lion. The Black Lion. This is the biggest one. The chest. Or torso, I guess. Abdomen and the head. Oh, he has the head too. That's right. Mm-hmm. How long do you think it's going to be before there's a Voltron movie? Like a feature film like a, in the mm. live action Transformers? Hopefully not in that style, but you know. I, I was optimistic until you said in a live action Transformers. And I went, ew, don't Well, do but that. I mean like that's, I, they, I, I think that's how they would accidentally do it. They would have to find like the. Ooh, would it be in the like Valerian, like the tween or the teen paladins, or would it be like super popular mega movie stars? Um, I think it would. They'd probably go the Power Rangers route of like teens. I don't want to watch it then. Yeah, the thing like slowly falling out of love with this idea. The more we talk about it. (laughs) I mean, it might be kind of cool, but like part of what makes these and like the G1 Transformers and stuff so iconic is because they were cartoons. They were drawn to be comic books and cartoons, mm-hmm. and so they are flat. They have large areas of color because that's quick and easy to make, and that's why that's how we see them. And but that doesn't translate to, you know, super 4K theater, whatever. And so then they try to up like with the Transformers, they try to like they need details, so much detail yeah. that it doesn't make sense. Exactly. And, and it I just think, looks like a two big balls of aluminum foil, like flying yeah. around a city. Yeah, and it's, I, I don't know what's going on. I, I think can't they would do the same thing with, with Voltron, even though hmm. uh, the lions are so much more dependent on color as like their signifying thing. I, I don't know. Maybe somebody and could do it. They are fairly well. simple. Yeah, because they're cartoons mm-hmm. on purpose. Hmm. Here, I got to get started here. All right. So speaking of, uh, Bumblebee trailer came out. Look pretty fun. Yesterday, a couple days ago, sometime. Um, it looks so. I'm torn because I want it to be awesome because it shows G1 Transformers. But the fact of the matter is, I guarantee. Well, not the fact of the matter. I'm assuming that the fact of the matter. <laughs> I'm making an assumption and calling it fact. Is that there is going to be a sequence somewhere near in the first third that explains. Who Bumblebee is, why he's not on Cybertron anymore. And to do that, they're going to have to show the battles, the war on Cybertron. And that is the one sequence where all of those Transformers will be G1 looking. Oh, and then when they go to Earth, it'll just be the crazy detail looking. Mm. Yep. Because every everyone that, that you've cool, seen... Though. It would be cool. I'd love to see a movie on Cybertron. Like, we don't need humans in a Transformer movie. Just get rid of them. Do a movie on Cybertron about Transformers. It seemed like the humans in the Transformers world just were a liability more than anything. Oh, yeah. It's totally. like, we got to keep these people safe. Yeah. Like, no, just let, let them go. You got, <laughs> them go. You got stuff to do. <laughs> I'm sure you're busy. But I think that's how they're going to tie it into, like, the Bayverse is, like, let's let's appease all the, the Transformers nerds by showing them, myself included, mm-hmm. um, showing them G1 Transformers in history 
way back on Cybertron so that we can ago. delete it. And then, yeah, and then that that happened. Everybody feel happy. You're welcome. And then from now on, it's going to be. But this isn't a Michael Bay movie. It's not. In fact, uh, one of the cool things that could potentially save it is that it's being directed by the guy that did Kubo and the Two Strings. Great movie. Fantastic movie. It's also his first live action movie. Now, I don't have any idea if that's like hard for a director to translate from animation to live action, but I kind of feel like doing a really good stop motion animated movie mm-hmm. would probably make you pretty good at most things. Because that seems like an entirely different type of filmmaking and preparation and to be able to get expression out of like time lapse. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know anything. I guess about I'm worried movies. about the property more than anything that to make the jump from claymation and stop motion to live action. I mean, I'm sure it's challenging and you want to do a good job and you want to be engaged with real people instead of these things that you can very, very much manipulate and be in control of mm. all of the sequences and all of the emotions That's and all those point. things like to jump to real people. I mean, I've never done it before, but I would assume would have its own set of challenges, but then jumping to a transformers movie with <laughs> the billions of dollars that are surrounded by that property, I'm sure is pretty daunting. So True. That anybody that would try to you know, go like, well, I want to take it in this direction because it's a departure from a Michael Bay movie, even though the characters look extremely similar like you've got a lot of people with a lot of purses mm-hmm. waiting for you to do a good job yeah that's true i don't know i'm hoping for a decent movie i mean I, you can tell by the uh the actors in the trailer of the two kids specifically the girl that it like they don't seem to be especially fantastic actors just like all the other humans in the transformer movies are not particularly good actors I mean, it's got John Cena in it, so maybe that should make it awesome. I'm just kidding. Um, so I, I'm not exactly. I wonder if the convinced that it's WWE gonna... universe produced this movie. Whoa. Crossover. Mm. The Rock pops in somewhere. <laughs> of course. Well, he's in everything else, so it wouldn't be surprising. Um, yeah. So I don't know. I, I, I'm not betting on anything fantastic but i am really looking forward to seeing those g1 sequences even if it's if that's all they are just a little you know a battle sequence i think that'll be cool i'm more excited to see that movie even though i i mean i was not as huge of a star or a star wars but transformers fan as you were Mm -hmm. um and i was turned off of transformers after the first one the first one was okay I was. I watched the second one. I'm like, you know what? This is enough of this. But I would still. I'm more excited about that movie than I am the Venom movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, what experience did you have with Venom? Like what? I was a. I was a Spider-Man fan. Okay. So I was not a particular like Venom fan. How a lot of people really enjoy the the bad guy, like. My son really well, loves see, the bad I'm, guys. I'm, see, I don't know. I know nothing about him. Give me the lowdown on because it's like he seems like a bad guy, looks like a bad guy, but then he's like an anti-hero kind of. It's it's weird. There's just like in comic books, there's many stories. Okay. So the story that I remember, and man, if I get this wrong, please let me know that I got it wrong oh, in the angriest way possible. Um, is it? It's the series of symbiotes, right? So there's these goo type alien things that were on. I think it was on the moon. And then there was a character that went to the moon. Eddie Brock. I do know that. 
I didn't think it was Eddie Brock who went to the moon. I thought it was somebody oh. else that went to the moon. Okay. But anyway, and again, I could be wrong. It was a long time ago. Larry Thompson? His name was Steve. Steve. But anyway, it and Carnage and Doppelganger and the Doppelganger. Oh, yeah, the whole host of like Spider-Man universe symbiotes can just like inhabit someone and make them do bad or um exemplify the qualities that they have to make them bad that i'm not exactly sure oh okay but the whole thing about him being an anti-hero like i don't know that all i know about venom is venom is a bad guy and spider-man fights him hmm. so i don't is i there don't a, know the anti-hero story. is there a reason well okay he may not be i just assumed since the movie is about i mean like you don't typically have movies that are just about bad guys but i guess there is a joker movie coming out so maybe there's that oh, but which one you talk about too um yeah, I just I just kind of assumed that there was some like redeeming thing in him, if they were making if he was like the main character of a movie. Why does he look like Spider Man? Because without ever having read the comics, I grew up thinking that's like evil Spider Man, like like Spider Man was inhabited by this evil thing and then was bad for a while. Well, but that's not this, the case, right? No, it has the same kind of eyes in the symbiote when you're when it's like it's loose, like just kind of goo form. Mm-hmm. It's got teeth. That had the eyes, and then at one point Spider-Man did become inhabited by the symbiote, and that's where you see like it shot webs and things, very similar to Spider-Man. Uh, but I don't, I don't really know. I don't know the answer to that. It's like we but, need a bad guy. I just like uh, fill Spider-Man with black, give him big teeth. Cheap. That's cheap. Okay, so yeah. Um, not excited at all about that. I just think it looks stupid. I think that the... I don't know if we said this on the show. Um, in Avengers, in Infinity War, those like monsters that came down in Wakanda mm-hmm. that were fighting like the whole host of heroes, yeah. I thought those things were more convincing Venoms than the Sony depiction of Venom. Huh. Just the shape? Yeah, like their look. They had the same kind of like rounded kind of head with a bunch of teeth and a tongue thing and I think that may have been what turned me off from Sony's um, preview was they actually showed him and then when they showed him I was like no (laughs) he kind of looks stupid but I'm not excited about it I'm not either but Uh, Deacon is Deacon loves so Deacon loves the bad guys it's rated R right I don't know. I haven't given it that much attention. But if it is, sorry, pal. You don't get to watch it. I feel like it might be. That's probably where they're going to go with it because he's a bad guy and maybe they're just going to like wholly just take on like we're going to make this a bad guy movie about a bad guy who does bad things. That would watch work. It. I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe they're trying to make Eddie Brock like maybe that's the conflict. Is him, he him really is a out. good guy, but mm. the bad guy is making him do all these bad things. So it's not necessarily a Spider-Man versus him. It's an internal struggle, or I don't know. Him versus himself. Yeah. Versus himself. I still don't want to watch it. <laughs> uh, the Joker teaser thingy. I know nothing about like the um, plans for the joker origin movie other than the other day i saw this random clip of joaquin phoenix turning Mm -hmm. into a clown Mm -hmm. 
but I hadn't really heard anything about what it is, when it is, why it's separate from. I don't know either. Everything else. DC's just having a hard time. I can't leave well enough alone. It's a mess. Like, I don't know. That's like a whole thing. But maybe DC just needs to decide, and maybe they have, that their stuff is not connected. They're just going to make movies. I think that would probably be in their best interest. At this point. To just abandon the the synergy of all those movies and characters altogether. Because I heard that Aquaman was supposed to be a standalone movie. It is. It wasn't supposed to tie in. Right. But mm. it's still the him. It's still the same actor. Mm-hmm. So it kind of inherently ties in. Wonder Woman 84 is probably the same way. Because it's in the past. Yeah. So it can be unrelated. But it's still tied in because of her. And like they're both awesome. You know? The people that play them are great. I loved Aquaman and, and um, Justice League. I thought it was a lot of fun. And Gal Gadot is awesome as Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. But like trying to get everybody together and keep someone to play Batman and keep someone to play the Joker and <laughs> like <laughs> I think they might just need to let it go. Which is kind of a bummer. Because I think Marvel's done such a good job at creating a universe and keeping it consistent. And Man, that's got to be expensive when I you think about it. I can't even imagine. Good grief. But think about how much money they've made from it as well. True. But I remember listening to people talk about the Lord of the Rings. And they were like, you know how difficult it is and how much money it would cost people to keep the same cast for three movies. And like they, they played those concurrently. Or they filmed them concurrently. Yeah. And it was the same thing for the Harry Potter movies. <laughs> yeah, for real. It was like they had to keep that same cast over the the like youth of the entire cast. Like that's that's bonkers. It is. I wonder what their contracts were like because it had to account for increased success. It had to have. Oh, whether the kids got like a certain percentage of perpetuity or anything? Yeah. Hmm. You know, cuz like whatever these unknown actors are going to get paid to do a movie when they're 11 can't be the same as when they're 18 19 and like whether the movies did well or not like mm-hmm. you can't make the same amount of money over 10 years we should ask McCullough Culkin huh see how he's doing we should reach out to him yeah, yeah. just for this one question Macaulay if you're listening uh give us a call we want to well, know I remember hearing uh like when Tim Allen was cast to play Buzz Lightyear or his original contract you know, he got a, uh, like a couple hundred thousand. And then when they re-upped to do uh, Toy Story 2, it like went over tenfold. Mm. So I guess it's just where you find people in their career. Like, yeah. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. You got to have some really influential people to be able to fight for you at that point. Yeah, that's true. But at the same time, like, you know, those, it's maybe not always valid, but it is valid because if that person is a big enough draw to add credibility to the movie it will increase the sales of the movie mm-hmm. you know theoretically covering some of their cost maybe what am i doing here um let's see what else has come out since we were here captain marvel trailer i liked it Thoughts? and i liked it because it didn't say a whole lot yeah <laughs> it was nice so was there it? really well, there was very little of an opinion to form because it, 
they left it super vague. Mm -hmm. That's another character that I don't know anything about. Uh, no. And that's, I'm fine with that. Like, it's, mm -hmm. it's kind of cool because I've ended up learning, and like a lot of the Marvel, Marvel characters, I didn't know a whole lot about. You know, uh, I really didn't know anything about Black Panther, uh, Black Widow, Hawkeye. Um, who else? I don't know. There were quite a few of them I don't really know anything about. Scarlet Witch, all of the kind of mm -hmm. B-list, you know, superheroes. But that's there. Marvel, though. Marvel had to work with B-list characters, which I think is super crazy. Yeah. Besides them doing right what DC is not doing right, they had to do that without the major pillars mm -hmm. of the Marvel Universe. Like, they had to do this entire thing with all B-roll characters because Fox had the Fantastic Four yeah. and Spider-Man. Fox had the X-Men, like, the most popular Marvel characters of all time. So they built the MCU out of understudies. What's ironic is that now those tables have turned. Yep. When you think of Marvel superheroes, you think of the ones that they use. They created them, or they turned those B-list into... These are the A-list. Mm -hmm. And you don't think of X-Men as Marvel characters anymore. And honestly, I think of X-Men as like an imploding star because when they went back to the the weird time, like I'm going to go back, it's mm -hmm. it's not Patrick Stewart, it's James McAvoy, like we're back in time, but now it's a bunch of little kids. And I felt that that was grasping at straws. Like I was like, man, you guys are hurting. You just need younger faces because oh, your yeah. story is just dying. Well partially but also just because you can't continue on with like senior citizens as the key characters forever i mean they were they were trying to i think partially were trying to safeguard their future like you know patrick stewart is not gonna be around forever it's not that old but you know he's not going to continue to play that same character over and over and over and over forever and so if they can replace all the faces with people that have a longer life expectancy then they have more movies yeah but i think that's in the storytelling but they just went and they hedged their bets up front and were like, we're just going to not pay attention to all that. And we're like, uh, you're you're all early versions of you now. I think that's just hmm. that bugs me as a storytelling. Like, because look at, uh, well, I guess they did it to uh, Luke Skywalker and to Han Solo <laughs> and inadvertently pour one out for Princess Leia. But <laughs> It just increases the hype. How did they do it to Luke Skywalker? They killed off Luke Skywalker. Oh, oh, I, yeah, yeah. But it was emotionally tying rather than like a sleight of hand type thing, I feel. Mm. Like it was part of the story. And it, it was just as engaging rather than like, oh, that guy is old. Like, we should get a younger guy. Like, how do we do that? Like, I don't know. They're superheroes. Like, make them shapeshift. <laughs> <laughs> into a younger, handsomer version. Um, speaking of, that's not really what I meant, but I already had this in mind. Um, have you seen the picture of Sebastian Stan next to Mark Hamill from Empire? No. Okay, so Sebastian Stan, yeah. Winter Soldier. Mm -hmm. There's a photo of him with, like, I don't know that they, I don't know if it's as his short hair or they put his face on something else, but they took his face and they put it right next to Mark Hamill from Bespin and they look hmm. almost identical. Yeah. And you don't, I, like I couldn't see that separate, you know, when you see winter soldier, I don't, I wouldn't even think at all, but man, like dead on. Hmm. 
And so if they were looking for somebody to play uh, young Luke Skywalker, like he could jump into it in a heartbeat. And he's a good actor. I mean, I think he could probably pull it off as well. But I was really surprised. Dang it, I did it again. What would you do? Miss a piece? I have these two very important pieces or that seem like they're not extras, and I don't know where they go. Oh, here we go. You go on the front. On the back. What? This is the... I don't know what's the front. Yeah, they go right there. Yes, there we go. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, we got away from Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel, I think, looks really interesting. Um, I like how little they talked about. I also like that she has some mystery like she doesn't really seem to understand herself yes That's which i cool. which i like yeah she doesn't know who she is either but Let's they're leaking that she's some type of space traveler she was in the air force and then she was in some type of spaceship and then she was being tortured it looked like at a certain point yeah i think she's not sure whether she's a human that went to space or a space thing that came to earth and acted like a human for a while hmm. so Interesting. It'll be cool to see. And apparently, like again, that Captain Marvel. I don't know anything about. Apparently, she's like the most powerful being in the universe. She's one of one of. Yeah. Why is that? What's her story? I don't really know. No. But I looked up one of the little clickbaity like who could kill Thanos kind of things, and there's all these like there's all these godlike characters like Thor and but I don't know their names. I know they look like. But there's a. There's a bunch of them. I mean, there's Janet and mm, Janet Horatio. <laughs> you know. Horatio. We're off hanging out. Yep. Cool. Thanos is like, man, sure hope I never meet up with Janet. <laughs> Janet, Janet's on vacation right now. Get the Infinity Stones. So that's what took him so long. A bunch of people were complaining, like, why was it now? Why all of a sudden? Wait, waiting for Janet to go on vacation. Yeah. Janet's taking a nap. <laughs> Uh, let's see what else has happened in nerd news lately. I had somebody tell me that I was not a nerd. I meant I claimed hmm. to Are be a nerd. Offended by this? Um, the other day, well, oh, during the Soundwave video, I said something about being a nerd about like oh, I'm a total nerd or whatever. Yeah. And he was like, technically, you're not a nerd, and then pushed his glasses up. I could see it in the comments that he pushed his glasses up. He's like, part of the nerd guild, and you don't have look a card. Up the, look up the definition. And so... Did you? I did. I think that puts your foot in the door. I think he may have even put it in the thing. I don't mm. remember. But, you know. It's like one of those words that has taking on, taken on a meaning non-exclusive to the original definition. Because I think the original definition of it is that, like you are all in on a single subject. And we think of that as someone who is, I guess the actual definition is a little more narrow. Like it's, you are all in on one thing. So if I you're a nerd- I think that thing for a nerd was more sci-fi tech computer yeah. type oriented stuff. And now we, we, you guys talk about like knife nerds or whoever nerds- no, I don't where, talk about that. Uh, Jimmy, Jimmy does. Jimmy talks about that. Whereas people call like, like safety Nazis, like those people that take up a cause blindly and just like go with it and try to yeah. like change everybody else's mind about, no, it has to be this way. So, I mean, nerd seemed like a pejorative term, like it's, it's, and kind of slanderous. And now it isn't because it's 
like monetarily beneficial for someone to be into computers and to <laughs> yeah. like the the geek kind of culture has taken over mainstream so if you're this anti like nerd like in revenge of the nerds and you're the guy screaming at everybody like you are in the minority because then you can't go see the highest grossing films of all times that's right yep you can go watch varsity blues one more time but you're not going to have very many people wanting to come hang out <laughs> Yeah. All right. This I'm almost done with this bag. Oh, you've already started on the next bag. A little bit. Bag bag eight. I wasn't gonna brag. Bag eight. All right. On to bag eight. So we did learn from some of the comments about uh, the Legos being loud, which is something that we knew. So now we'll pre-dump the bags. I I disagree with that. Oh myself that people have said that or that it was a thing to no, be that it's about? a thing to complain about mm-hmm. i mean what i don't know whatever people complain about whatever they want but it doesn't seem worthwhile we're building lego kits on the show there's gonna be lego noise so you know all right what else is uh what else is going on oh i always wanted to talk about music i like music um specifically the new thrice album I like the new Thrice album. It's been on repeat for me, mm-hmm. indefinitely. It will be for a long time. I thought we were going to talk about uh, a certain person that we know on a certain podcast that said that all stringed instruments are pretty much irrelevant. <laughs> nah. I thought we were going to refute that. Actually, have a dance battle. Should we, should we talk about that? Can we talk about that? We can do whatever we want. We can. Oh, no. Let's hold on. This that. just in. We can't. We can't. Okay. Turns out we can't. Um, we can't. No, I want to talk about the Thrice album. Okay. Maybe do like a little mini review. Ooh. If you have any thoughts. I've, I've been listening to it a lot, not just like passively listening to it, um, as I like to do sometimes. And I've kind of pulled some stuff out of it that I really, really like. Some of the topics and some of the lyrics and some of the production. Well, enlighten us. Uh, I don't know if it's enlightening at all, but... I don't know. So a couple of the things that has, this is palms. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When uh, the Amazon little jar uh, announces it, she says thrice palms. She says it weird palms. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, I don't know. Like I, I, I like the variety of it. It's got a lot of mm-hmm. different style variety, but it still stays, you know, it's like cohesive, I think. Um, the first song we talked about the other day kind of has like a Stranger Things yeah. vibe on the intro. Just that like... That initial song. That synth. Yep. And it's just really just there right at the beginning. But mm-hmm. I think that's a cool addition because that is different than the rest of the stuff on the album. It is. Did you ever hear the four EPs that they did? I know you've probably heard the songs from them, but did you distinctly hear those four EPs? There was like land sky water and Mm-mm. earth or whatever i don't know what they were called they may have just had those names but captain Planet. <laughs> yeah but they did these four eps and that i don't remember if they put them all at the same time or within a, a row but they were thematic so there was one that was all about sky the one that was all about water have you ever heard the song the whaler see okay this is one thing about me i don't know the names of songs okay if I hear it, I go, yeah, I know that song. Okay. But so I don't it, know what it's called. There's a, a song by Thrice called The Whaler, and it is beautiful. And it just it's one mm-hmm. of those few things that it's just like kind of crushes word. me on the inside. Yeah. 
it's about this whaler, this guy who always has to go out to sea and he has to leave his family and his daughter's like talking to him about like, why do you have to go again? And it's so that he can go out and make a living to provide for his family, but he mm -hmm. has to leave his family to love his family, that kind of thing. But it's just a beautiful song. And it's got this real, this piano line that's kind of weird in the background, but it has this like water wave hmm. swell to the way that the piano line runs. So it has this water vibe to it anyway. Yeah. But so that's on um, the the water one. There's one that's uh, a bunch of digitally stuff. That's where I was going with this, that there's one of them that has a lot of electronic instrumentation on it, whereas most of their stuff is guitar, drums, yep. bass, whatever. This one of those EPs, and I don't remember the theme of that one, but it, it has a lot of synth, a lot of electronic stuff, and there's some really awesome songs on that. One of them, I think the Earth one, is a little more acoustic, a lot of acoustic guitar and acoustic instruments. And then the Sky one uh, is a mixture. But there's a song on the Sky one that's about um, Daedalus, is that his name? Icarus. 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 Flew too close to the yeah, sun? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's all from the dad's perspective about talking to his mm. son. Like, you know, I'm trying to take you away from here. I'm trying to save you. We're trying mm -hmm. to get out of the situation, but you're just grasping it too much, flying too close to the sun. He loses his son, whatever. So there's just, their lyrics are amazing, and they're really good at taking those ideas and boiling, and boiling them into a story that works as a lyric, but there's other stuff behind it. All of that to say, the electronics at the beginning of the first song on Palms, Palms. Uh, reminded me of the electronic EP. Cool. Because that's the only other time that I've really heard them do really overt synth yeah. or whatever. I don't know, that took me a long time to say. If you haven't heard those four EPs, you should definitely go. That sounds interesting. Yeah, they're cool. Uh, in fact, they did a tour that I didn't get to see because I've never seen them live. Um, they did a tour of all four of them, I think, and they broke down the set into four separate segments. Oh, that's cool. And so they would do a handful of songs and then break, come back with different instrumentation and do that one, break, come back. So it was like four mini concerts. Oh, that's right. awesome. Yeah, different styles and stuff. My friend Adam's got to see that one. Um, anyway, that first song I think is really cool. Great lyrics. It's called Only Us, I think. Um, I don't have stuff for every song, but now I can't even think of the names of the songs. Which See, and that's my problem is it, I would buy a CD and I would just take the CD out and put it in my car or put it in my whatever CD player, Walkman kind of thing. Yeah. And just listen to the album, do you know, ones that I particularly like, like over and over and over again. But I never went back to like reference the album art or the lyrics or like the names. Hmm. So even now, like there's this really awesome Alice in Chains song that I like. It was on their self-titled album. It wasn't one of the more popular songs. And I love it. And I, th I think it's called Drain You. I think that's what it's called. But it took me a long time. And it until recently where I'm trying to get the Echo to find it or to play it. And I just like play that album. And I'm like, next, 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 next. Yeah. And so I know all these ones until I hit the one that I'm looking for. I'm like, that's the one. Right. So I'm terrible about knowing the names of songs. So, I mean, it works better if if the 
name is in the lyrics, which is not always. Right. But if, if you can pay attention to the lyrics really well, sometimes they'll stick. Like there's a couple of the songs on this new album. I don't know a lot of the names of the songs, but when a song really stands out or I listen really deeply to it, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that that lyric right there, that's the name because I saw it on the paper that one time, you know, or on the cover or whatever. The gray is that way. Yeah. Just because it's in it the song. It says it a thousand times, yeah. yeah. And Only Us is the same way. It's like the main line. Um, so historically, are you a, you said you only listen to, or you mostly listen to the songs that are your favorite. Are you a, a single listener or a favorite song playlist person or an album? I'm an album listen, listen okay. to her. <laughs> um, listen to her. Yeah. So I used to have to do the dishes in my house all the time. Like, and we didn't have a dishwasher, so I would just wash them all for a family of five. Mm-hmm. And that would be the time just to put in a CD and just let it go all the way through. And it's part of the reason why uh, digital music now, it irritates me a little bit because certain albums will flow a song immediately into another one. And now there's the digital like pause mm-hmm. next song where it breaks that up. And that really bugs me. Yeah. But that's been a way for uh, that's been an issue for a long time. Like, ever since you could digitize even a CD, like if mm-hmm. you were to rip a CD, it's still the player puts that one second pause in between them. That I don't would like me that. Too. Yeah, I'm definitely an album listener. I would prefer to listen to. I mean, I definitely have favorites. You know, songs Absolutely. that I will if I have time for one song, I'll jump to that one. But. I think music, I mean, really good music and thrice absolutely. Like it affects you and it makes you feel. And I, I can't exactly specify why. Or if there was a similar song, I would go, I particularly like this part about it. Like I like it when a bass drops because I'm a bass player. And so I really like it when there's a little, there's a little hesitation and then it just boom and the bass hits. Mm -hmm. I love that part. Thrice does that often, yeah. and I really like it. And then sometimes in the same song, where you would think that like a, it would be a tom hit, and then the bass is going to drop, but later in the song, it doesn't do it the same way. Yeah. And I artistically, I like that because it's. I don't know. I don't know why I like it. I just really do. But That's I a love sign it when, of really good music production. When, yeah, it's when they where don't you take can the same thing and repeat it exactly every single time. It's where you can do verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, and be entertaining. But you can take a similar song structure and make it completely different. Yeah. And even in that album, like there's a lot of really emotionally driven music. There's a lot of piano. Mm-hmm. There's some strings, like not like guitar strings. Like it. There's a, a female vocalist in some of their songs. Like I don't know. It gets me in the feels, and yeah. I don't really know why. Yeah. There's some of the songs that the, the lyrics. Um, like on the last album where the lyrics are particularly like poignant, but I don't know. I just, it, it evokes emotion. And even when I'm not really listening to it. Yeah. Like where if it's playing in the background, like I don't have to focus on, it. I don't have to go like, Oh, this particular you know set of words speaks to me. Mm-hmm. It's all of it together. And I really like when a vocalist or when a lead singer can use his voice like an instrument mm-hmm. and not just a thing to deliver words. Yeah. And Thrice does that really, really well. Yeah. And he has a pretty, for someone who's in a rock band, he has a surprising amount of uh, 
variety mm-hmm. in the way that he sings and the, the emotion that he can get across. Yeah, I agree. And uh, so Dustin Kinsrew is his name. He's um, he's a really good lyricist, really good singer. And his lyrics cross a pretty wide gap of stuff. Like, even on the last album, but on this one as well, there's there seems to be a song that's politically driven, but not... Mm, I don't feel like it's, like, partisan. I think it's just, like, here's the state of things. Like, whatever is happening right now is pretty awful. Like, there was a... On the last album, there was one song about... Uh, from the perspective of a drone pilot. Did you notice that? Yes. Well, I didn't know it was from a drone pilot. I got that it was from some type of soldier yeah. or somebody in the military. Yes, I may have I just assume that. that it was a drone pilot, but he, he, I think he talked about hmm. killing people at a distance, basically. And so I just assumed that that was See, the case. And I took that as an emotional distance. Huh. And because that's how I related to that part of that. Yeah. Interesting. But you mentioned drone pilot, and now I, I paused there. Because that may seem a more, I guess, contextually appropriate than what I thought. But it's music, and it can it's, be whatever I want it to be. That's absolutely the truth. Yeah, but so, like, that one, you know, talks about... Um, and, and there's, like, a part in that song where he, he goes to get help on it, and they just say, like, suck it up. Like, this mm-hmm. is your job. You know, about the chaplain, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so there's that. Then on, in, on this album, there's one called Blood on Blood. That's yep. every little instance, like, it's the sequence of... He says two things next to each other. He's like, and this and this, or this and this, or this and this, but they're all blood on blood. And the, the cool thing is all of those comparisons are like, um, like he says, a scimitar or a shepherd's crook. Mm-hmm. And then he says a billy club and a, a booted foot or something like that. But he's doing these these like... It doesn't matter which side of the the battle you're on. There's all these battles that are all going on, and when it boils down to it, it's all blood. It's all blood on blood. And I think it's just like a beautiful way to say, like, there is so much going on. Hmm. There are two sides to so many situations right now, and it's all exactly the same thing, you know? Like, we're all full of the same gunk. (laughs) And I think this is a really, really good song. And I think it could be, like, something like that could be glossed over very easily because it's a rock song, and you don't really... Yep. But. And I think some of their songs um, are faith-driven. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But they they present it in a way, uh, like the one song that says, I, I'm going to mess these lyrics up. But like, I don't know what's outside of this room. It was on the last album. What song is that? The Window? Window. Is that the what window. it is? Yep. Yeah, he's talking about looking through a window and how, I can't remember the context of all. Yeah, that that's the song. Yeah, there's having faith in something but still having i mean doubt is a real thing mm-hmm. but still being able to boil down like but i i don't know what is there i think that's what the gray is about i may be wrong mm-hmm. but when you're talking about him like uh, when, when he talks about like leaning into the gray mm-hmm. i think I mean, mm. if we can talk about faith for a minute i think when, regardless of what your faith is i think there's this tendency to, to like be fully in on it and to never admit that you doubt stuff because that means that you don't have faith. 
I think or that's, that's would, the dangerous thing that people, you know, like, yeah. don't act this way, or that's going to tell everybody that you're not quite sure what you believe. Or if you do have those doubts that you are a bad version of right. whatever it is, because you don't, like, a thousand percent in all the facets of all the things just buy in. Right. And so especially if you're young in your faith and you're listening to music, like, having somebody reassure you that to have doubts about things, but at the same time, like giving hope to it, mm-hmm. not doubting in a way that's like, oh, that stuff is cockamamie for whatever faith that you happen to have. It's, it's encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And I could be wrong about what that song is about, but that's, it sounded to me, it's like another one of those things where you just apply it to yourself. Yep. Right. Um, it sounds like me, sounds to me like it's talking about, there's so many unknowns. I used to think everything was so black and white and so cut and dry, but now I'm just going to lean into the fact that it's there's more going on here than I understand. Yep. I, I, it's not all black and white. It's not all so straightforward. There's some maturity in that too. Absolutely. Know? So yeah, there's. I think that's what that one's about. Um, there's another one that I was listening to when I was running yesterday, and I can't remember the name of it, but it really hit me when I was listening to the the lyrics. Um, let me pull it up. Your phone's going crazy. Yeah, it's Forby. Oh, Forby, we're recording a podcast. Please stop. And it's Brandon who and- who edits this podcast. Brandon, <laughs> you're interjecting. <laughs> um, let me just find this, uh, the name of the song. All right, so there's, um, oh, Just Breathe. I like that song. So the lyrics in that, now I can't even think of them. I know, right? Oh, my goodness. It's, it talks about being in the moment. It's saying like... Um, no, it's a different song. Can we play it? I guess we can't get in trouble for playing it. I'm talking about this my podcast. We can do whatever we want. We can have maybe Brandon like... Here, here it is. Stay deep in the moment. Just breathe. Feel the flow of all things. In the moment, stay sway. So it's like, just breathe and enjoy where you are right now. And for some reason, that hit me really hard because I think we. I'm also listening to a book about like being enough, about like not always feeling like you have to do more all the time. And that that little sequence, and he repeats that sequence a whole yep. bunch of times. And it it's also kind of like a circular lyric where I like those. He does a lot of that. Where the end of a sentence could be the beginning of the next sentence, but it doesn't have to be. Yeah. You know, so it kind of just is this thing. And he can repeat it a whole bunch of times and it doesn't feel like you're starting over a sequence. But that song, yeah. That, and that's where the female that vocalist me. comes in. Yeah. And yep. it's, it's peaceful. Like it's a rock album mm-hmm. that makes you feel deep emotions about things that you've come to internalize and that are intrinsically just important to you. While being a rock album. Yeah. It's good. Cashmere never made me feel that way. Sorry, Robert Plant. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, there's one about everything called Everything Belongs. Yep. Which I think is a really good one. I think it is too. As I mean, again, if we are interpreting this correctly, which it's music, it's art, it's your own interpretation. That I think when you mention them being kind of somewhat politically or you know socially motivated... Yeah, that's that's what I take from that song. But yeah. again, I haven't listened to it as deep. Yeah. 
don't be excluding things and don't be excluding people or don't be excluding moments in your life. Like right. you got to take all of it together. Yeah. Um, let's see. We talked about blood on blood. Hold up a light is a really good one. It's got a cool, cool little beat to it. Um, it's kind of talks about being light and darkness. I think my soul. I don't remember the lyrics to anyway. It's a really good album. It's called palms palms palms. If you want to go listen to it, you definitely should. And if you have like, you know, any of the services that music services, it's yeah, pretty it's free. Amazon music. Yeah. It allows you to play it. Yeah, it's a good one. My daughter likes it. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she was listening to Frozen, and she walked out of the room, and I turned that album on. <laughs> and she sat down, and she's kind of like, just swayed there in yeah. the chair with me. We were just having a moment listening to The Grey. And I was just kind of singing to her, and it it worked. Yeah. She let it go for just a second. <laughs> I let it go. Ah, that was funny. I mean, kind of. Not really. But. <laughs> Um, yeah, my kids like them a lot too. They they like. Uh, I mean, they they seem to like pretty much anything, which I guess is good. Your kids, I mean, because you and your wife have a pretty awesome kind of musical tastes. Like they are well versed in a lot of different things. Yeah, they also listen to a couple of things that I just absolutely hate, which they got my kids oh, in on. Listen to Blue Ugh. by uh, by random nineties fake. Yep. Techno band. I don't and know who they are. My two year old was trying to get me to play it on the on the Echo the other day and I didn't understand what she was saying. And she was getting so mad at me. And Deacon was like, She wants you to play blue. She wants you to play blah blah dee blah blah blah. I don't want to play that song. Yeah, me neither. Um I when our kids watch disses, they get to pick whatever music's on. That's like you know, like you were saying. Um but everybody has to hear it because it's playing through a speaker in mm. the kitchen and so, unfortunately, when Rush has to do the dishes, he picks that song over and over. So I end up putting a cap on it, like they can listen to it one time. I know my parents. Annoying. I don't. I let me see. My dad probably would have disapproved of the music that I listened to if he really would have understood. My mom was kind of cool. Like she went to Kiss concerts and stuff back in the day, so she was nice. more accepting. Like, I remember my first concert, which could be a cool conversation. Ooh. Yeah. So my first concert was Corn and Rob Zombie <laughs> and Biloxi. <Really>? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where I was at the time. Yeah. Yeah. And it was an awesome show. Hmm. But Corn is one of those things that... Really good with butter. Mm. Butter for president. <laughs> butter for mayor. But corn live is not as good. Oh, yeah. Mm -mm. Because it's a lot of like screamy and like emotional and it it sounds more whiny in real life. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm out of like that, like corn phase. Right. I can easily see that it was very just. You've offloaded some of your angst. Yeah. yeah. My made up angst because I was a white <laughs> yeah. kid in a suburb who didn't really want for anything. Life is so you're trying to interject like depth and some brooding into your life and I'll do that by music where other people are angry because of their woes yeah but Rob Zombie show that show was awesome really yes it had like 30 foot tall robotic monsters whoa spitting fire it was cool hmm. they played white zombie stuff from back in the day it was cool hands down corn show yeah yeah 
I'm like, so that's what marijuana smells like. It sounds like you said corn shell. Corn, <laughs> corn shell. <laughs> I could leave corn shells. I don't know my first concert. We went to a bunch of concert, like Christian concerts growing up. Mm-hmm. So a bunch of like Petra and Amy Grant and Michael W. Smith and stuff like that. Um, as far as like the co- first concert that I went to, well, we also went to my, goodness gracious, how many sentences am I going to start before finishing one? My parents really liked the Beach Boys. That was their first date. They went to a Beach Boys concert. Oh, yeah. You're talking about so that. So anytime the Beach Boys were in town, we went. So we saw them a couple of times. One time I saw them and Ray Charles. Wow. That was pretty amazing. Even as a child, I realized that that hmm. was pretty awesome. And the Beach Boys put on a good show. So like I enjoyed that. But I think the first concert that I went to on my own or on, you know, by my own choice was Smashing Pumpkins. That's the first one I remember. Yeah. And it was probably my junior, senior year in in high school. I don't remember exactly what year that was. Uh, Had to drive to Louisville, went up by myself. And it's funny because I remember somewhere during the show, I got picked up. And I wasn't like Like down in the pit. Physically picked up? Yeah, yeah. I wasn't down in the pit. I was a little farther back. And it was a pretty big pit. But I got picked up and ended up on top of everybody, got passed around and groped pretty heavily. And then got put down, right? And so then went back to the watch the rest of the concert, and it was great. Then that night on the or the next night on the news, they showed a shot from center, about halfway back of the concert, and it was about that the Smashing Pumpkins had been in town. And right as they're showing the shot, I pop up right out of the crowd. <laughs> I was like, "Whoa, that's me!" And it was pretty far away, but I knew what I was wearing. I could tell it was me. And it was I was the only person went straight up. And I'm just like <laughs> flopping around for just two seconds. That's pretty funny. So is that what they do with these shows, Bobby? Yep. They throw you around like a rag doll. And then touch you in all the places that you don't want to be touched. She was I I had floor tickets for a couple shows, but I was I never wanted to be in a mosh pit. That seemed like the stupidest it's, thing. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty crazy nothing seemed appealing about that well and i've been in different types of pits like that type is mostly people just kind of like writhing not Mm -hmm. like violent but there were when i was growing up there were a bunch of hardcore bands here in town it was a big straight edge scene so there were tons of punk bands hardcore you know in every variation of those things and they were all friends, so they would have a show, and like 20 bands would play at this show. Everybody would wow. play the two songs that they know or whatever, and they'd all use the same gear, and it all sounded exactly the same hmm. and whatever. But, you know, in those cases, the people there to, air quote, listen, because they're not really listening, yep. are really just there to beat people up in the pit. So that pit was entirely different in those type of shows, because hmm. it was like, you go in there, you're coming out bloody. You're, every called, single like, time skunking there's a name yeah that's like yeah. A, cer- a particular move where you yeah. at least yeah rob zombie show i watched from afar oh yeah i was like those dudes are super high and just like <laughs> punching each other <laughs> like me yeah no thanks and then uh what was the other oh then ska got to be a thing that uh, was like a when i was in college pros or cons that someone asked us about how we felt about ska music so my first exposure to ska, how far are we in here? In 51 minutes? My first exposure was really through uh, some friends of mine were in a band called Squad 5 And they were pretty big. They toured and had record deals and stuff. Uh, and they, when they first started, they were a ska surf band. And they, were, hmm. they had been in a punk band before called BMX. 
and it was these two twin brothers. Then they started Squad 5-0, and it was like ska, and then they would break into like a surf thing. And it was the coolest. I love surf music. It was it was so cool. There was just like this pop kind of punk jump to it. Okay. And then the ska up up thing. And it was really cool. And then that evolved. They played with us, the band that I was in, they paid, played their first show with us. So it evolved over a few shows into the surf thing disappeared. More punk came in. And so, and then it was like this ska punk, which was pretty much what everybody else was doing at the time. And then they got signed, they went on tour. And then while they were on tour, it evolved further through a couple of albums into like glam rock. Hmm. And so by the time they got, and they're still playing, like they all grew up, split up, did different things. Um, they're a year or two older than me now. And they got back together recently and started playing some shows in LA. Um, super cool guys. But it turned into like this glam rock thing, like full on. It didn't have any traces of the ska and it didn't have any traces of the punk other than that they were just like rocking out and being crazy. Um, but they really leaned hard into the glam rock thing. The few times I saw him at the end. So I think we playing. need to define our terms for some people. Okay. So ska music. Is there a particular band that more mainstream band that gives some people some reference? Are we talking like... Mm -hmm. The Boston's, yeah, the Boston's were probably the most popular that would touch into that world. Okay. It was a mixture of the reggae rhythms with the pop tempos. I think. Was okay, so kind of that's where ska came from. I think. So Sublime is Sublime ska music. Sublime is like a Southern California. Is that the surfing music that you referenced? No, no, no. no. Surf. Okay. When I'm talking about surf music, I'm talking about like 1960s. Deltones, Telstar, hmm. like okay. right. that kind of stuff, like instrumental surf music, um, which, you know, at the time the Beach Boys were kind of like the, the, uh, the popular neutered, that sounds mean. They, they, they started to get quite Jimmy Buffett. Right. But they, they started out as kind of like a softer like a like fake surfers they were like posers okay from a musical perspective i don't mm -hmm. know if they actually surfed or not i'm not judging them but i'm just saying like their music was kind of like poser surf music got it it's like pop they but then the, you look the at like of surf music yeah okay when you look at some of the other bands that were doing like dick dale is this this surf guitarist um i think he might have written wipeout hmm. i could be wrong about that but he is like a hardcore like I'm just a surf guy. Yeah. And I just do surf music and I'm never going to be poppy and I'm never going to be famous and I'm never going to be else. But anyway, that was what I thought of as surf music. Remember I used to listen to boss tones, uh, in my friend's room. Cause he was from California and I'm from the panhandle of Florida. So there's country music and then like country or music. And then <laughs> the, the pop station that played the same, songs on a loop every two hours hmm. but like he was from california yeah like, whoa and he that's where i heard corn because he was from uh barstow the same time that they were from or bakersfield not barstow and so i heard the boston's and sublime and corn i was like this is fun corn hmm. really wasn't quite fun but like sublime was fun <laughs> this is really happy stuff i like yeah and 
I wanted to start playing music because my brother bought a guitar. He's three years older than me. And I remember listening to Sublime going like, the bass sounds way more fun to play. Mm. Like just as a soothing like background instrument, like you get to splash around a little bit more on the bass. You don't have to be as technically correct because you're not as upfront as lead guitar. Interesting. I would wholly disagree with that. Really? Yeah. But People, that's okay. I mean, in the in the music, it's more apparent. But as the bass player, you are not as important as the lead singer or the guitarist. Like in a band, hmm. when I was in a band, so it allowed me to do whatever I felt like doing. And I love that like low hearty whole note, like I yeah, where it shakes your insides. Like yeah. I love that sound. I think I just finished this bag. It still didn't tell us why we have all these golden tools. So they're right, they're right there. Yeah, but you don't do anything with them. Oh. I'm sorry. We're talking about the Voltron set. So we just built Voltron's abdomen for the Black Lion. And there are these little golden tools. Like there's a little golden drill. I'll hold that up to the camera. And a ratchet and a magnifying glass and a screwdriver and a little oil can. And... So all you diehard Voltron from back in the day fans, let me know why are there gilded <laughs> tools here. Gilded tools. Quite ornate. Uh, I thought of something a second ago, and I was going to ask you, and now I lost it. We were talking about bass. We were talking mm -hmm. about boss tones. Mm -hmm. Talking about... Some stand-up bass in the boss tones. Oh, man. What was it? It was a band. What was it? I don't know. I lost it. I need a notepad so I can scribble down. That's what I do for the other <laughs> show. I scribble down things while Jimmy talks, and I wait 20 minutes and then ask him about the thing that I was going to ask him. Um, well, it's uh, almost an hour. We got anything else we want to talk about? You want to talk about Maker Fair at all? I'm going to save that? Not talk I about mean, it? I mean, that's an entire topic. Okay. Maybe talk about that next time? Sure. Or not. Or whatever. Okay, cool. There, on, there was one pro or con that we were talking about earlier okay. before i forget oh yeah so we were going to lunch and we couldn't figure out what we wanted to eat for lunch and then you rambled off <laughs> hamburger pizza <laughs> something else yeah and then the, why a pizza hamburger would not be good it's it's a thing it exists mm -hmm. there are hamburger pizzas and there mm -hmm. are pizza hamburgers okay how do you feel about taco pizza um i think it's the same problem as hamburger pizza which is? It's a big one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, it's the red sauce. The red sauce doesn't make sense in most contexts. The red sauce works with... Uh, with it, The red sauce makes something taste like pasta, pizza, you know, in the Italian food mm -hmm. realm. And so when you put it, when you try to make a burger flavored piece of pizza or mm -hmm. a taco flavored piece of pizza or anything else the sauce won't let it be that thing that you're trying to make it into mm. now if you take a barbecue chicken pizza mm -hmm. it doesn't have red sauce it nope. has barbecue sauce right that's why it, that's why it works as barbecue pizza but i don't think taco pizza has red sauce on it everyone i've ever had is I've never had that. Well, I think maybe I've had one, and I was like, that's gross. I'm not going to eat that again. A taco pizza I've had usually has... Now, Mexican pizza at Taco Bell? That doesn't. That that's has not red... even a pizza. It's 
I mean, kind it's, of. This is like round flat cracker thing with cheese, yeah. meat, and super good though. But the point is, like the red sure. on it is like taco sauce. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's the key. I think the taco pizza I've had, is, it's been like refried beans and sour cream as like the base, and everything else is on top of oh. it. Huh. Yeah. So it never had marinara sauce. Yeah. I think that's the problem when people try to make those. So if you use marinara sauce, then that's the problem. But what about marinara sauce on a hamburger? See, that doesn't make any sense to me because then it tastes like you're trying to make a hamburger that tastes like pizza. Then it's but a it's meatball not. sandwich at that point. Well, yeah, but the meat on a meatball sandwich is flavored, it's seasoned in a way that a hamburger is not. Yeah, I mean, it's closer for right. sure, but. Because, I mean, academically, a hamburger has. It's a squished meatball. Well, I mean, but the, the stuff you put on it, like you could put sliced tomato on a hamburger, which is tomato. You can put ketchup on right. it, which is tomato. It's just a different. So the, the marinara sauce has to have another component, whether it's the garlic or the herbs mm. or whatever, that differentiates it from fresh tomato. Or ketchup is like sugary and kind of sweet, which, I mean, there's sugar in marinara sauce too. Man. Mm-hmm. Yep. So there, it's the garlic, I would imagine. Yeah, probably. So get rid of garlic and oregano, and then you can make. Well, and like if you if you make spaghetti. a sauce, if you make a red sauce and you put sugar in it, mm-hmm. that tastes different than if you put brown sugar in it. Hmm. So when I used to make spaghetti sauce from scratch, I put brown sugar in it. Super good, um, but it definitely has a different flavor. Now I don't know how that would affect a burger between those two, mm. but with pasta, there's a pretty significant difference. Anyway, I don't think it's a good idea. I wouldn't order it. Burgers should stay where they are. Pizza should stay where it is. <laughs> you're, you're mixing yeah. flavors. But hey, everything belongs, right? No, we said oh, everything. that was a yeah, that's a that's like a tie that. bag, everybody. That was a good one. I think we should wrap it up on that. Yeah. Take advantage of my my tie in there. Um, where can everybody find you? Oh, you can check out Instagram at the PI Workshop. <laughs> the PI Workshop. We should post some pictures on the uh, Instagram for this this podcast. No instructions podcast on Instagram. Yep of the status of these lions so if you're listening you want to see where we're at you're not watching then uh go there and check that out as well and actually real quick while we were at maker fair we had a lot of people come up and talk about that they listened to this and they liked it it made me feel so good it was really cool and a couple people were upset that we missed the week (laughs) yeah my bad yeah yeah um so thank you for everybody that came up and said something and uh if you didn't or you weren't there I hope you're enjoying it anyway. Right? Yeah. Um, you can find both of us at I Like to Make Stuff on most everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's it. Oh, if you like what we're doing uh, and you want to support it, it's kind of just a part of the whole I Like to Make Stuff media enterprise. I don't know. Whatever. It's that's part of everything. Good. So if you want to support I Like to Make Stuff at all, go to patreon.com slash I Like to Make Stuff, and that's the best way to kind of help us out. Or you can buy some stuff and support us. That'd be cool, too. I like to make stuff.com slash shop. Okay, that's enough. <laughs> See you guys we, will, we will have one piece of of no instruction swag on the shop soon enough. That's true. Probably before this show goes out. Oh, really? Yeah, why not? I don't know. Because we don't have the other pieces yet. Okay, in the very near future. Super cryptic background stuff. <laughs> All right, see you guys next time. Bye-bye.